From the Edwin Cardinal O'Brien Pastoral Center in Washington, D.C., home base for the Archdiocese for the Military Services, this is Catholic Military Life, the only official podcast of the Archdiocese. I'm your moderator, Taylor Henry. And it's my pleasure to be talking today to Warrant Officer Chris Moore of the U.S. Army and Father Dennis Callan of the Divine Word Missionaries, uh, who uh, formerly served as a contract priest for the United States Army. Welcome, gentlemen. Thank you. And the uh, reason our uh, get-together today uh, brings us together is the fact that uh, uh, about two years ago, uh, you, uh, uh, Officer Moore, you gave part of your liver to, uh, to Father Callan. Uh, tell me, how did this come about? Well, that's a interesting uh, turn of events. In 2011, uh, Bishop Francis Xavier Yu for the Arch for the Diocese or the Mil- Korean Military Ordinariate. He called me up after a series of priests, Korean priests, contacted me uh, to act as a contract priest for the U.S. Army, uh, specifically at Camp, Camp Humphreys. This was in 2011, uh, long before I was diagnosed with. Uh, uh, cirrhosis of the liver. Um, Now, for me, it was a little bit difficult. I was the religious superior for our community in Korea. I was the regional superior. And for me, initially, when the Korean priest called me, I I said, no, I couldn't do this. But then finally, Bishop Yu called me. And when he called me, I was a bit surprised, taken aback. Uh, I mean, a bishop calling you. This was Easter Monday. And normally, In Korea, priests are off on Monday. So the bishop is calling me on a Monday, and I figure this is serious. Um, And then also, too, he previously was a religious religious superior, also, too, for the Franciscans, um, the order of friar, friar minors. And he insisted that I help the U.S. Army in Camp Humphreys. Well, when he insisted upon it. I said to myself, I have no excuse to reject him. This must be God's will. And coming from a bishop, I, I can't turn this down. I, have to, I said, I have to say yes. Then um, afterwards, uh, going through that whole process of getting into the uh, army system, uh, that whole thing took about two to three weeks of my time as regional superior. Uh, but I, I was determined to do it because I figured this was God's will, and I had to do it. So I went about that whole process. Jump forward to 2013. That's when I met Chris Moore, who was assigned to Korea. Um, when he was assigned, that's when I was diagnosed with cirrhosis of the liver. Um, and little did I ever expect that Later on, Chris uh, and his wife would be so willing to support me in this, my medical journey. Um, so it was quite a moving experience. I, I firmly believed, after looking through all of that, um, that this was God's providence. Um, normally, something that I would say no to, I initially had to struggle with, um, but in the end, I could see that this was God's way of taking care of me long before I even knew I was sick. 
Okay, uh, so let me uh, back up a little bit. Uh, Warrant Officer Moore, I'll call you Chris, if that's okay. Please. Uh, how did it come to your attention that uh, Father Callan had cirrhosis of the liver? My wife was the parish council coordinator or pastoral coordinator for Camp Humphreys in 2015 and 16. At that time, she coordinated and supported Father Dennis facilitating him onto the base to conduct masses. And at a certain point, I guess in 2000, late 2015, he announced that he had to leave Korea for personal reasons and kept it to himself. So why you call it a personal reason? Uh, we moved back in 2016, in October 2016, and in the very early Went actually in the winter of 2016 17, we still maintained contact with Father Dennis, and that's a, the point that Father Dennis made it known, if you will, not asking for help, but essentially, I hate to say use the term, but the long goodbye mm, would be yes. the, the best term to use. And my wife turned around to me, and Heidi, who's an amazing woman, turned to me and goes, I'm going to give my liver to Father Dennis. I'm like, No, you're not. It's like, why not? It's like, because you're the mother of our children, let me see if I'm compatible. And sitting on a curb in uh, Sierra Vista, Arizona, outside of Fort Huachuca, where we were stationed at that point, we called Father Dennis and made the arrangements. And through divine providence, we went up to uh, the weekend we were supposed to go to try to go to Lourdes the first time with the, with the Knights of Columbus. Uh, we were determined to be a match, a perfect match for everything. The, uh, the liver, the blood type, the size, the, just everything was, was there anatomically. And that was it. And two months later, we were in the shaking hands and say, see you on the other side <laughs> of the operating room. And there we were. Yeah. So this was in 2017 that the operation took place. Yeah, right. How long did the operation take in terms of hours or minutes? Uh, um, Chris uh, initially went in first before me uh, for the procedure. Uh, um, I think Chris was probably under for maybe two or three hours. It was uh, nearly, for me, it was nearly eight hours. It was a lot longer for Father Dennis, but... If you've ever been under anesthesia, it's, it seems like that. It's very interesting. They completely did everything with me first, including removing the, the two and a half pounds of liver from me before they even started with Father Dennis, because what if something with my liver was not right at that point? Uh, they didn't want to go beyond a point of no return for Father Dennis, so... I was under for about eight hours, and I think you were almost 10 hours. Yeah. I was under for 10 hours. Now, how much of your liver did you give? Two and a half pounds. I gave two-thirds of my liver. Mm -hmm. It's interesting, is the, uh, and the only reason I'm still on active duty now is the liver is the only organ you can donate while on active duty and remain in the service. And the liver reproduces itself. It does. It regenerates. The liver is like a fish. It is, will grow as big as its environment requires it. And so mine's still growing and adjusting in my body today, just like Father Dennis. Father, when you got the word from Chris that he was going to donate his liver, 
what was your reaction? Oh, initially I was very surprised. Um, for myself, I wasn't sure how that would work out. Um, but my, because my nephew had originally volunteered to do this, my, my nephew, and uh, it turned out that he was not a match. Um, and so when they volunteered to do this, I was, I was completely surprised. And I was, I just placed everything into God's hands. I, I figured what, be, what will be, will be, and uh, it's completely in God's hands. And uh, I was just overjoyed that they volunteered. Um, because Heidi meant a lot to me, uh, having worked with her. And I knew Chris also, too. He was very engaged in the parish life of, uh, of the chapel on base. Uh, so I was, I was thrilled. I was very, very happy that they were so generous. Um, I was also a bit concerned for them uh, because they do have two young boys. Um, initially, I was a little bit hesitant and worried about that. Um, but Chris... And Heidi, they were determined to help me, and and I'm thankful to this day that they were so generous. Chris, you were active in the church in Korea and before, I'm sure, right? Yes, I'm I'm a what you would call a cradle Catholic. Yes. And what role did your faith play in your decision? Well, a couple of things. One, it's the right thing to do. If you can help someone else out, that's what you're supposed to do. And I've always believed in that. That's why I'm running the Army 10-Miler for Team AMS again, trying to do the right thing for, for anyone you can help out. The other part of it is I looked at this. We're at tremendous shortage of priests, not just in the military where we're at less than 100, but across, across all parishes. And to, the opportunity to help someone who devotes their whole life to helping others and not asking for anything in return, I mean, that's what we should be doing as, as the faithful. And I honestly believe that. And how long was it before you could run 10 miles after giving your liver? I ran a marathon three months to the day afterwards. I was not supposed to probably, but I ran a marathon three months to the day after my donation. How did you do that? Downhill, easily, drink a lot of water. Hey, Father, uh, how about you? How long uh, did it take you to get back on your feet? And uh, obviously the operation was successful. Uh, you're the picture of health. Yeah. Um, actually, the one thing about Chris and his recovery, uh, the doctors were absolutely amazed. Because normally a liver donor initially does worse than the recipient because all of a sudden the body is missing two, two-thirds of, its, of the, the original liver. And the body actually goes into a state of shock. Um, and all of a sudden, you have a tremendous appetite because the liver wants to grow back. It needs lots of protein, a lot of calories, and because it, it wants to grow back. And they say normally, initially, donor, liver donors do a lot worse. But he was up bouncing around like there was no tomorrow, and the doctors called that a real miracle, <laughs> that he could do that. And um, he came to my room, and he encouraged me to get up the doctor, I remember coming in very clearly and telling me, get up and walk. It was like the Lord speaking to me. And uh, Chris, he came in and he also supported me getting up out of the bed and starting to walk. You know, And the transplant team at Northwestern uh, Hospital in Chicago, they were absolutely amazed at his recovery. 
and how well he did. I think the fact that he takes his own health so seriously um, also contributed to my my own growth, my own development, um, recovery as well. Uh, yeah. Wow, I'm looking at a picture uh, of the both of you at the obviously in the hospital. Yes. How soon after the operation was this picture taken? That's less than 24 hours after the operation. Oh my goodness! Well, you, you're standing up, uh, Chris. Uh, you, you look like you got up from a good night's sleep. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Father, you're uh, not <laughs> maybe not so. Uh, yeah, I was hit by a truck. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so it was at Northwestern Medical Center in Chicago. Yes, it was. Place. Yeah. Um, Chris, you were out of the hospital in how long? I was out of the, this happened on a Wednesday and I was in a recovery hotel, if you will, uh, by Saturday. The main part of that is they want you to get up, get moving and get out. They don't want you to become, um, be a patient, if you will. They get moving, get carrying on with your life to, to get healthy again. Plus the longer you stay in the hospital, the more likely you are to get sick from something else. Right, yeah. How about you, Father? How long? I was home in nine nine days. They originally, um, they were originally telling me two weeks that I would be in the hospital, but I was back home after nine days. And back home at that time was where? That was in um, north of Chicago at our community's headquarters in Techni, Illinois. I see. Is that where you're still uh, living? Uh, Presently, I'm in Bordentown, New Jersey. But come August twenty first, I'm being transferred back to Chicago and uh, to our community at Techni, and I will be the new chaplain for our retreat and conference center. This is just an incredible story with so many dimensions, not just the physical aspect of it, but the spiritual aspect of yeah. it. Really and truly, it's, uh, it's uh, laying down one's life so for one's friend, basically. Did it occur to you that you might not survive this operation, Chris? If you ever met my wife, you'd find out she's probably the most thorough person you'd ever met. And we did. We did all of the research. And we understood that. And we prayed about that because we watched YouTube videos about successes and um, other outcomes. And we read and did a lot of research. And one of the things that comforted us is, one, it was a, a very dear friend. Two, Northwestern has a 100% success rate uh, one year after surgery. So that in itself made us feel a lot more comfortable but there's always that fear and one of the things they do when we went in for the the um matching if you will it uh in april and may of that year is you had to sit with a psychologist and a social worker to talk to make sure that you're not doing this under duress that you are understanding what you're doing that you have a relationship with this person because it is a uh, it's a very serious surgery and you know they give you actually the option up until you put them they put you under to um to back out but i had no doubts about that at all because we again we need uh we need priests out there doing the the good word of of, of the lord obviously you had you and your wife had formed a bond with uh with Father Callan, uh, that took place in Korea. Tell me about that. What was it about Father Callan that touched your life? Well, the fact that he knew from kind of like me, I joined the military when I was 17 years old. At 17, he he went to a a pre-seminary high school. 
he knew he was going to do this. So when, I mean, that right there, when you know you want to do something, that creates a, a bond in itself. But then just the, the spiritual guidance and the, and the learning. A priest rotates every year in Korea, every 18 months. But Father Callan, he was there the whole time. And when you need someone to talk to or someone to, uh, to be with, you know, it's good to have that, that spiritual leader, spiritual advisor with you. And to create that relationship, because that's how it should be, a, a family-type attitude. We really felt that with, with Father Dennis. So, Father Callan, what is your, uh, what is your status right now? What is your prognosis? Uh, are you uh, completely free of the cirrhosis? Uh, yeah, when they remove the liver, uh, they remove the entire liver. And I'm completely free of cirrhosis of the liver. It's, uh, it's a brand-new liver. Uh, thanks to Chris. And uh, the prognosis, I still have to go for a yearly checkup um, with my hepatologist at Northwestern. Um, but there is no, all my liver enzymes are within the normal range. All my other functions, uh, all of that, are, all of that is within the, within the normal range. So the doctors are extremely pre- pleased with my progress. Is this a story you talk about when you preach on Sunday sometime? Occasionally I do, uh, especially if it deals with God's providence or trusting in God um, and also discerning God's will in one's life. I think my story is an important, an important one to share. And obviously you left uh, your position as contract priest with the Army when, yeah. when this condition developed. haven't gone back. No, I haven't. I haven't been able to go back yet. You think you might? I have often thought about it, and believe it or not, I do think of our chaplain priests and the service that they perform for our U.S. personnel, uh, military personnel. Um, they are in my prayers and in my thoughts, as well as all of the members of the armed services that I have met. Uh, so that is very, very much a part of my life, and I am grateful for that experience, to see that the sacrifice that these men and women offer for our country. Um, And I think in a particular way, those that serve really do understand the mystery of the cross and the hope that that brings. And for me, that's a great joy, uh, knowing that these men and women in their own way, as instruments of peace, um, they they are definitely witnesses. And I think that's that's a marvelous thing. Father, do you mind sharing how old you are? <laughs> I'm 63 years old. Chris, how old are you? I am 44 years old. How much longer do you have to serve in the Army? I could have retired seven years ago. Hmm. I have 27 years of service, and as long as I'm relevant and like to put my boots on every day, I plan to continue to serve. How much time did you take off for this operation? I took off right at 30 days. And you had no trouble uh getting that time off getting the time off no the only concern i had was getting the permission to do the surgery because it was an organ donation as i mentioned earlier and to be able to stay on active duty i had had permission from the army surgeon general but that only took a week surprisingly really yeah i know uh okay so you were diagnosed father in 2013 but the transplant didn't take place until 2017 correct when was the decision made to do this I, February of 2017 
is when we had the the conversation actually wasn't a conversation i told him we're coming up to do this in may we had the uh, consult went up there to northwestern to do the matching in the consult and then july 12th was the the surgery so the decision was made what about six months ahead of the surgery yes and at that time, where were you and where were you, Father? I was stationed at Fort Huachuca, Arizona, teaching captains. Okay. Yeah, and I was doing um, my whole medical stuff, uh, everything that that entails, um, at, uh, in, in Chicago at Northwestern. And obviously, you all were in touch uh, by telephone, email. How did, you, how, did, how did all this come about? Well, Heidi saw the Facebook post. And she immediately called Father Dennis, and then the conversation started from there. I'm a I'm a phone person. I'm not a big fan of email or text messaging. I prefer to talk some, especially something like this, in person. So, Father Callan, you posted a message on Facebook uh, sharing your diagnosis. Basically, it was just a sharing that there comes a point when you have to make your goodbyes. Um, I knew I was dying. Um, and I was facing that. Um, and so I was basically telling my friends, you know, um, uh, goodbye, I'm on a different journey now, you know, and I'm preparing myself to meet the Lord. And that went out, and uh, yeah, people were surprised. They were supportive. They were prayerful. Um, I was surprised by the, the response that I got from people. I had people praying for me all over the world. From Latin America, from Africa, people I don't even I don't even know, and uh, expressing their support for me, um, that power of prayer, it's uh, it's very important. Was it was it difficult to share the news of your diagnosis? No, no, it wasn't difficult at all. I figured this is a part of it, and uh, and I was feeling peaceful. I knew God was present with me. I knew that no matter what what the outcome would be. That God is always present to me, and it doesn't matter whether whether I'm dead or alive. God is present, and that brought me great joy and great hope uh, throughout the whole this whole adventure, this whole journey. So we're recording this on uh, October twelfth, a Saturday, twenty nineteen. Tomorrow is the uh, Army Ten Miler, and um, Chris, you're running on Team AMS, a charity team to raise money for the Archdiocese and uh, to support the free exercise of the Catholic faith in the military. How do you do it? How do you keep active like this after going through such a, a serious surgery? It's putting one foot in front of the other every day. It's thinking positive. No one's ever accused me of frowning. I'll put it that way. You stay positive. And the, the minute, the moment you slow down, you stop putting one foot in front of the other, that's, that's when you get old. And I'm just not going to allow that to happen. And, this is just a, another great cause that I feel like could support kind of my personal uh, ministries, if you will, my uh, my works of works of mercy is to be able to, to support things like this. How has this experience affected your faith? It just reinforced it, I guess. I mean, I've never lost my faith. I've never had a, a question of it, but it just reinforces the 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 good, like like Father Dennis mention you know, everything happens for a reason there's a reason that 
Heidi and I decided to go to Korea. There's a reason that Bishop Yu asked Father Dennis, ordered Father Dennis to to work with the military at Camp Humphreys because we needed ministry. There's a reason that Heidi became the pastoral coordinator for Camp Humphreys, where she was able to interact with Father Dennis on a daily basis. Yeah. How did you explain the operation to your two sons? Well, they were three and four at the time. They're five, four and five now. They just didn't quite understand. They just, you know, just happy to to hang out with uh with their dad and their mom and Father Dennis and all the uh, the priests at, at the Divine Word and Technique. And uh, but one day they'll they'll understand and they'll see. And I I am prayerful that uh, they will see what right is and do right. And okay, so you're 44. Um, you're still active. You're running uh, in the Army 10 miler. Um, how much longer in the Army? So I am the I'm a career manager at the Human Resources Command at Fort Knox, Kentucky, right now, where I manage military intelligence warrant officers for career advice, career planning, and uh, assignment options. I will do that for another two years. And then we'll see where the army takes me. But I would like to do at least thirty-two years is my is my goal. But again, as long as I'm relevant and can put one foot in front of the other, and I got a smile on my face, I will continue to do this. Well, you have a heart of gold. Fort Knox seems an appropriate place for you. <laughs> yeah. um, and so, uh, closing thoughts, both of you. Uh, what is the message of your story, each of you? Well, for me in particular, I think it's trust in God's providence. Even when times seem um, down or you don't understand, just to trust in God's providence. The other thing that really touched me throughout this whole whole journey is realizing that as I faced some important issues in my life, that I began to experience in a very deep and profound way God's presence in my life and began to see how God was leading me and guiding me through all of this, even before I knew I was sick. Um, it came to a point where I remember telling a group of people, I'm glad I got sick. I'm glad I got sick. To see how God was leading me throughout this whole thing, and it just confirmed me in my own faith and trusted, helped me to grow more in trust for God's, God's will, God's providence. I think it's a great mystery that we partake in, in in our daily lives in so many different ways that perhaps we don't need, that we don't always understand and perceive it. But God is always present. How about you, Chris? I would say it's easy to give a thumbs up on Facebook or say you're in our prayers, um, but actions, faith, you know, they, they go together. And when you have the opportunity to act, act. And that's what's gotten me through life as a soldier, as a faithful Catholic, as a husband, and as a father. You have the opportunity to act, and you can make a difference in someone's life. Take advantage of it. It'd be it from raising some funds for the Army 10 Miler or giving a liver to one of the best people you know. Warrant Officer Chris Moore of the U.S. Army, the uh, liver donor for Father Dennis Callan of the Divine Word Missionaries, Thank you both for coming and talking today, and thank thank you. you for sharing your inspiring story. Thank you very much. Thank you for having us.